This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll This is a story that I heard from my rabbi, Reb Shalom Brat of Blessed Memory, who told this story on Gimel Talmuz, the yard site of the last Lubavitcher Rebbe. So I'm sure everybody knows that the great Rebbe's had chosrim, which were people that had photographic memories, and the Rebbe's would give over a Torah lesson on Shabbos when things couldn't be written down, or in more modern times when they couldn't be recorded. And after Shabbos, all of the chosrim would get together, and they would write down what they remembered from the Rebbe saying, compare their notes, and then bring it to the Rebbe, who would edit it, and you would have the Sicha that was given over on Shabbos. So one of these Chosrim was Rabbi Yol Khan, who had simply an incredible memory, was able to remember word for word, hours and hours, of what the Rebbe said. And this story took place in the late 1960s. Rabbi Yol is walking around Crown Heights, and he sees a guy parked in a car with a big afro, looking like a hippie. He honks the horn. <laughs> And he calls over to Reb Yol. Reb Yol goes over to the hippie. He says to him, Shalom Aleichem. The guy with the afro says, Aleichem Shalom. And the guy in the car says to Reb Yol, Do you remember me? You once promised me that when I was ready, you would teach me Hasidus. You would sit and learn with me. And Reb Yol looks at him and he says, Sure, I remember you. You're the guy from Lakewood. who used to be one of the top students in the yeshiva in Lakewood. Now, for any of the listeners that don't understand, in the yeshiva world, the Lakewood yeshiva, especially in the 1960s, was considered one of the top, top yeshivas to study in. So if you're a top student in the top yeshiva, it's a pretty special thing to be. And so Reb Shalom was telling the story, of course, was close to Reb Shlomo Karobach, who in the 50s became a chassid of the Labavitcher Rebbe. And the Rebbe used to send Reb Shlomo and other chassidim to the yeshiva in Lakewood in order to try to bring the students to Lubavitch, to help them come closer to Hasidus. And Reb Shlomo himself, having been once a top student in the yeshiva in Lakewood, as Reb Shlomo said, he went to Lakewood to learn to learn, and he went to Lubavitch to learn to daven. And so Shlomo would go to the Lakewood yeshiva, and he would go over to some of the chevre there, some of the guys that were learning, and he would get into a discussion with them. You know, Lubavitch is very into pushing Hasidus outwards, because there's a letter from the Hedegabal Shemtov who wrote to his brother-in-law, Gershon Kitover, and he said that he had an aliyat neshama, that his soul ascended to the chamber of Mashiach. And the Baal Shemtov said to him, Masai Kosimar, when is my master going to come? And Mashiach answered him, When your wellsprings will be spread outwards. In other words, when the whole world knows Hasidus, and so for Chabad, this is why they're constantly reaching out to people to bring them closer, in order to help bring Mashiach by spreading Judaism, by teaching Hasidus. So Reb Shlomo goes to Lakewood Yeshiva, and he starts talking with the top students in the Yeshiva. He says to them, so what are you learning? What does your Rosh Yeshiva say about this and that? And he asked them questions. And then Reb Shlomo would share something that he learned in Yeshiva. Being one of the top students, they were very impressed with his learning. And then Shlomo would say to these top students, so what are you guys doing at midnight? They'd say to Shlomo, well, what are you doing at midnight? And he said, ah, at midnight, I learned Hasidus. they say, really? He said, yeah, why don't you join me? And that's how we would get these guys to come and learn Hasidus with him at midnight. And Rabbi Khan would also go to the Lakewood Yeshiva once a week or once every two weeks. 
and there was a group of students that wanted to have a lesson in Hasidus, and he's teaching these guys in the Lakewood Yeshiva, and one of them looks at Rabbi Yol and he says, you know, you really want to get guys to come to this lesson? See that guy over there? Everyone looks up to him. He is the top, top student in the yeshiva. You get him to come to your Hasidus class, and half the yeshiva will follow him. So Rabbi Al-Khani goes over to this guy and starts a conversation. And the guy says, listen, I love learning, but I don't see any reason to learn Hasidus. And Rabbi Yol tried a few more times, and the guy brushed him off. So Rabbi Yol left him alone. And that was many years before. And this guy, who's a hippie with a big afro, sitting in his car, who honked for Rabbi Yol to come over, that used to be the top, top student in the Lakewood Yeshiva. So Rabbi Yol, he doesn't ask him any questions. He says, come on, let's go learn right now. And so they go and they made Midrash and they start to learn. And the guy liked the learning. They set a time again and again. And after like three or four times that they met, they started becoming friendlier. And then Rabbi Yol says to him, you know, you remember many years ago, you weren't interested in learning Hasidus with me. But one of the times that I came to the Lakewood Yeshiva, you once said to me, can you arrange a meeting for me with the Lubavitcher Rebbe? And I told you I would try. And I got an answer that you could meet the Rebbe on a certain night at two o'clock in the morning for one-on-one with the Rebbe for Yechidus. But you can only meet the Rebbe for one minute. That's all the time that he has. Because in those years, Yechidus was very fast. Not always, but usually because people were coming two or three times a week. They would wait all night to meet the Rebbe. And so you'd meet people for a minute. And this guy, the top student in the Yeshiva in Lakewood, he says to Rebbe Yol, sure, a minute is fine with me. So he comes to New York, and it's the night of the appointment with the Rebbe. And he goes in for his one minute with the Rebbe, and he comes out 45 minutes later. And when he came back, Rabiol was standing there, but this guy walked straight past Rabiol. He didn't even look at him. He didn't speak with him again until this day when he honked his horn and said, Do you remember me? You promised you were going to learn Hasidus with me. So now, as time went on, they're becoming friendlier and friendlier. And Rabiol says to him, You know, I'm not trying to be nosy, but amongst Hasidim, there's an idea that if you learn something during your meeting with the Rebbe, that could be a benefit for others, so we share it. And you know, I certainly don't want to pry, but you were there for 45 minutes when you were supposed to be there for a minute. Do you mind telling me what happened? The guy says, sure, I don't mind. What happened was I had a question in Gemara, and I couldn't find anyone who would give me a satisfactory answer. I was really stuck on something. I went through all the Mephoshim, all of the commentators. I spoke with many Roshay Yeshivot, many heads of Yeshivas, but nobody could answer my question. And so I figured, you know what? I've asked everyone, but I didn't ask Lubavitcher Rebbe. So I'll go and ask the Rebbe. He's a big scholar. And when you told me that the Rebbe could only meet me for a minute, I said, that's fine, because either the Rebbe knows the answer, and he can answer me in a minute or less, or he doesn't. So I came to New York, and I had my question on a piece of paper, and I give it to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe looks at it, and in 45 seconds, he answers the whole question, gives me a whole new approach of looking at that idea in Gemara, and it was beautiful. And I thanked him, and I'm getting up to leave his office. And as I'm about to leave, the Rebbe calls me back and he says, Are you learning Hasidus? And I said, No. So the Rebbe said to me, You have to learn Hasidus. And I said to the Rebbe, Why? I learned Halacha, I learned Gemara. Why do I need to learn Hasidus? And the Rebbe said that it's very important. If you don't learn Hasidus, one day someone's going to insult your learning. You're going to get upset. You're going to go out of the base Midrash. And you're going to do this, and then you're going to do that, and that's going to lead you to doing this. A whole line of transgressions, one after the other, like around ten of them. And the Rebbe warned me that eventually it would make me leave the yeshiva. And so the Rebbe said, you have to learn Hasidus. And then I said to the Rebbe, listen, my father is a big scholar. 
and he doesn't learn Hasidus, and he's fine. My grandfather was a bigger scholar, and he comes from a line of great scholars, and none of them learned Hasidus, so I don't need to learn Hasidus either. And the Rebbe said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And again, he repeats everything. So I said to the Rebbe, okay, I'll think about it. And when I left the Rebbe's office, I saw you. I didn't want you to influence me. So I didn't talk with you, and I just walked past you. So Rebbe Yol says, okay, so what happened? How come you're learning Hasidus now? He said, well, what happened was one day, coming out of the Beit Midrash, and I had spent like three weeks in the Otzer HaSforim, in the research library in the yeshiva, working on a very, very difficult problem. And after three weeks, I felt like I'd figured it out. And I'm going back to the base Midrash, and I hear two of my friends just beginning to discuss the same problem that I spent three weeks working on. So I figured, you know, let me share with them what I came up with. I said to them, listen, I spent three weeks researching this. Let me tell you what I came up with. And I told them my chidushim, my new ideas. They looked at one another and they started laughing. <laughs> they said, three weeks in the library and that's all you came up with? And I was really upset. And you know what I did? I went back to the dorm. And without realizing it, within 24 hours, I did all 10 things that the Rebbe warned me about. And I was amazed. But I ignored it. And a few months later, the same thing happened. Again, I was insulted. Again, I ended up doing all the things the Rebbe warned me about. And then it happened a third time. And eventually, I didn't want to learn in yeshiva anymore. I went to university. I studied math. I became a math professor. I got married, and now I have a son who's 10 years old. And one day, my son comes home from public school. And he says, Daddy, someone called me a dirty, stinking Jew. Why did they call me that? And I realized I never taught my son anything about what it is to be a Jew. We didn't keep kosher, we didn't keep Shabbos, we didn't keep anything. He didn't know anything about being a Jew. So right after that, I looked around to see if there was anything left over from the old days. And I had a Gemara, but I figured, what am I going to show my 10-year-old in the Gemara at this point? So I went to the corner store, and I see there's this paper called the Jewish Press. And I look at the paper, and I see they have some comics, and there's some pictures of rabbis. So I figured, I'll bring it home to my son. I'll show him the rabbis. We'll read the comics together. And as I'm looking through the Jewish press, I see there's an ad that in the coming week, on a certain day, there's going to be a Fabringen in 770. And everyone is invited. And even though I lived in Queens, and I never go into Crown Heights ever for any reason, for some reason, on the night of the Fabringen, I found myself in Crown Heights. Exactly when the Fabringen was happening, so I figured... Okay, it's a sign from Hashem. I parked my car. I've got my afro, put a little keep on top of it, wearing my hippie clothes, and the Rebbe is talking. And just as I walk in, the Rebbe says, You have to learn Hasidus. Because if you don't learn Hasidus, one day somebody's going to insult you. And it's going to hurt your ego. And you're going to get so upset that you're going to do this. And you're going to go do that. And that will lead you to doing all these transgressions. So you have to learn Hasidus. And the guy with the afro says to himself, That's strange. That's the same exact speech the Rebbe gave me when I was in his office. I guess this is like one of his lines. He says it to everyone all the time. So a couple weeks later, I buy the Jewish press again. And you know, in Lubavitch, almost every Rebbe was in jail. At one point they got arrested, at one point they were released from prison. So a few weeks later, there's another big Ferbrengen in Crown Heights and everyone's invited on such and such a day. And he's telling this to Rebiol and he says, I'm telling you, I never come to Crown Heights. And for some reason, I ended up there that night, exactly when the Ferbrengen was happening. 
So I parked my car. And I go in for like 45 minutes. Guess what? As soon as I walk in, the Rebbe says, Midav, learn in Hasidus. You have to learn Hasidus. So I said, okay. I guess the Rebbe is telling the Hasidim all the time, you got to learn Hasidus. But then the Rebbe says, if you don't learn Hasidus, somebody's going to insult you one day. It's going to hurt your ego and you're going to be upset. And you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And then a few weeks later, there's another ad celebrating another liberation of another Rebbe from prison. You know, Lubavitch was a very exciting place. And just so everybody knows, not just Lubavitcher Rebbe's were in prison. The Rishna Rebbe was in prison for like a year and a half. And, and last week I told the story of the Bitebsker who was in prison. Many of the Rebbe's have been imprisoned. So he said, I find myself with the Febrengen again. And as soon as I walk in, the Rebbe says the same speech again. So now I'm thinking to myself, could it be that the Rebbe is saying the speech for me? Does the Rebbe recognize me? I mean, when I met the Rebbe, I didn't look anything like this. So I decided if I get one more sign... I'm going to start learning Hasidus. And just as I'm about to leave, they announced that the Rebbe is going to give kosher bracha, a little bit of wine from his cup. And so you make a bracha and you say lechaim, and the Rebbe gives you a blessing. So I decided I'll stay for kosher bracha. And I'm waiting there in line, and finally I come directly in front of the Rebbe, and I hold my cup out. And the Rebbe looks at me and he smiles, and he says, "No, are you ready to learn Hasidus now? And Reb Shalom, who was telling the story, said, just so you know, that there's a danger in learning Hasidus as well. And that's what the Alter Rebbe warns the Hasidim of. If you're not going to do the work of learning who you are and what you're like and how the different parts of your being interact with other parts and developing a closer relationship with Hashem, you could be learning Hasidus. It'll still go straight to your head. So after that meeting with the Rebbe, the guy with the Afro said to Reb Yol, that's why I'm learning Hasidus. So what is it in learning Hasidus that's so important? You know, at some point, everyone's ego is going to get a little inflated, and you're going to think you're so great at this or something else, and somebody's going to insult your ego, and you're going to feel like, who are you to insult me? And one thing leads to another. And we need to learn how to be humble. We need to learn to be close to one another. We need to learn to be close to Hashem. On the one hand, human beings can be the worst animals in the world. And on the other hand, we can be the best creatures of all of creation. And that's the avoda of Dobacholovchem to serve Hashem with all of your heart, to take our bad character traits and turn them into something positive. Just like we learn in Perke Avot, Mio Gibo, a who is the strong person, one who conquers his Yetzara, his evil inclination. And that's the work we have to do, you know, especially now in the month of Tammuz. So the Rebbe was demanding that we should learn what it's going to be like in the time that Mashiach comes, and we should start acting that way right now. We should be living with the Mashiach consciousness right now. If Mashiach was here, you probably wouldn't say something negative to another person. But even if you were, you would be on such a high level that you would embrace the person instead of arguing with them. And so we learn in Hasidus to start doing that now. Ask yourself all the time, how can I be better? How can I speak with people in a better way? How can I be friendly and warm with another person? It's a matter of changing our way of seeing the world. You know, I once saw a kid pick up a coin on the street and he turns to his father. He says, Tati, I found tzedakah. So you know, one person might look at that coin and say, hey, found some money. But when you turn your whole perspective around, you see that you found tzedakah. And so this guy with the afro continued learning with Rabiol for many years. 
And one day he looks at Reb Yol and takes a deep sigh. And he says, Reb Yol, had I listened to the Rebbe, I would have saved myself many years of suffering. Because the Rebbe told me again and again, you have to be learning Hasidus in order to know that Hashem is running the world. In order to have a simchapni meet in internal joy, it's always lit and always connected to Hashem. And Reb Shalom, who told the story, he added that Reb Shlomo Karbach, before he would give a lesson or start a concert or start leading the davening, would go around and say shalom to everybody. And in his shul, if he wasn't speaking or leading the davening, he was standing at the front door, not in the rabbi's seat, but at the front door because he wanted to be the first one to say hello to anyone that was coming in. And if he noticed that somebody needed attention, he would sit and talk with them. And this is living with the Mashiach consciousness. Bezat Hashem, we'll all be back together again in the Holy Land, and dance together in the streets of Jerusalem with the rebuilt Beis HaMikdash, Bimhera Amen. Amen, brother. So I have one more very short story for you. And this one is very short. This took place in 5693 in 1932 on the 12th of Kislev. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe said to the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, of course was his son-in-law, for the dream I had today, you should bring me mashke. Give me a kiss and say l'chaim and begin to learn Hasidus. So the Rebbe kissed his father-in-law on the forehead and the previous Rebbe kissed the Rebbe on the forehead and then he shared the dream. The previous Rebbe said, my father, the Rebbe Rashab, appeared to me in a dream and he said, why are you broken? Your home is bright at night. And I woke up. And although the moon was shining, that wasn't what my father meant. And then I walked around, and I saw you sitting in the library, learning from a sefer, learning from a holy book. And I understood that this was what my father was talking about, that the bright light at night in my home was you. And he said, for that, you give me a kiss, and we'll say a l'chaim, and learn chassidus. And ashreinu, how blessed and how fortunate we are, my sweetest friends. To have Rebbe's like the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, and the Rebbe's before him, and all of the other Rebbe's, and all of the great rabbis to guide us and to inspire us. And my aunt, who's a psychologist, she told me a joke. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? She said it's not a matter of how many psychologists. It's a matter of the light bulb wanting to change. And so it is with the Hasidis. How many Rebbe's does it take to make a Hasid? It's not a matter of Rebbe's. And it's not a matter of how much Hasidus you learn. It's a matter of how much you want to be a servant of Hashem, who can serve Hashem besimcha with joy all the time. Bezat Hashem.
Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. As always, I want to thank one of the new supporters of the podcast, the Holtzkanner family, and their children, Hannah, Mandy, Rivka, and Shmuel. Thank you so much for your contribution and for listening and for your beautiful messages. And also to Mendel, whose parents are Shluchim in Columbia, Missouri. Thank you so much for writing to me, Mendel. I really appreciate your sweet emails. And to all of you, my sweetest friends, my sweetest dear listeners, this podcast would be nothing without you, and it's everything with you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting, and for sharing every day and every week. More people subscribe to the podcast. And I say all the time, make sure to listen to the earlier episodes, because I have so many good stories, and I wish I could just tell them again and again. But for the people that have heard them, I look for new stories all the time. But make sure to go back and listen to the old ones. They're all really good. So until our next episode next week, my sweetest friends, Lechaim, Zaygezunt, and keep spreading the wellsprings outwards. Amen, brother.